Okay, I have had the song in my head for days. Have you seen the video where the guy sings random internet drama? Oh, yeah. And I have the part where he sings, She stole my broccoli. Oh, my. Casserole recipe eight years ago and claimed it was hers or whatever. I've had, I have had that stuck in my head forever. Also, how, why would you remember that someone stole your recipe eight years ago? She, she real salty about it. I guess. I'm obsessed with that song, I guess, in my head. And that leads us right into what we're going to talk about. <gasps> we won't spoil it. No. Let me do the intro first. This is Be Createful, a podcast about how we find fullness through creativity. I'm Joe, And I'm Madison. And today, on episode 21, we're talking about creative obsession. Creative obsessions. This is 100% inspired by Madison, who came into Woo-hoo. the studio on Monday mm-hmm. and said, I learned how to knit this weekend. Shortly followed by, I'm obsessed. All I want to do is knit. Yep. Exactly. So I had a friend, Whitney, come in and visit. And she's like, do you want me to teach you how to knit? And I was like, yes. Because I had learned how to crochet years ago. but And you've been wanting to learn to knit for a while. I feel like it's been. Oh, yeah. We've been talking about on the podcast for a long time. But um, even though we give out such great advice, it's hard to take our own. So I bought the wrong knitting needles and a ridiculous yarn to try and learn on. (laughs) So that night when she's like, do you want to learn how to knit? I hustled up to the studio and got some stuff that was more reasonable. It's a perk of the job. Yes. And she taught me how to knit. And then I learned how to purl. And now I want to make everything. Had you tried at all knitting before? Oh, yes. Based on videos or someone had sat down to teach you? I had a book and I thought, I can learn from a book. This is fine. Uh, newsflash, no, I can't. No, I think knitting would be a hard thing to learn from a book because it involves moving parts. Oh, yeah. And by parts, I mean hands and yarn and needles. I needed someone to show me, like, how mm-hmm. to hold things and talk to me a little bit about tension. And yeah. Ugh, yeah. It was so much better. And the yarn I picked was, like, super dark and fuzzy, so you can't see anything. That makes it hard, too. Ugh, it was just bad. But now that I know how to do it, I finished a washcloth that night and I was like this is so great I then got really curious and I started looking up all this stuff on like okay how do I make this stitch or how do I make it look like this and I have two projects going right now (laughs) so you learned what day like sat when they came when oh they showed up Saturday that night I learned how to knit okay and then I knitted for like three hours that night that night and then Sunday were you able to sleep that night? Only because I had stayed up until like midnight knitting. Okay. And so I was like, okay, I should probably go to bed. Um, and then I got up on Sunday and I knitted some more. And yep. And then on Monday I knitted even Oh, more. yeah, because I, that was a lie. It wasn't Monday you came in and said that it was Tuesday because mm-hmm. on Monday the studio is closed. Yes. We did have some orders who came that came through over the weekend. And so Madison texted me and said, do you want me to come in and finish the orders on Monday? And I said, well, it's up to you. Take the day. You told me you were going to take the day to clean your house, but I'm wanting to know (laughs) how much time you spent cleaning the house or if you really meant that you were going to knit all day. I actually did clean the house because my house was nasty. And then after that was done, probably at around like two or three, I started knitting and it was great. And then... How much has knitting consumed your thoughts while you've been here? So, like, I have a new Pinterest board now, and I've been scrolling through. It's just been, oh, it's it consumes all of my thoughts. It's what I think about before I go to bed at night. Yeah. It's like, okay, so I've had, like, a long, a long uh, track record of um, being obsessed with various creative things, and I get, like, rom I fall rom-com level in love with creative projects where it's all I think about it's all I want to buy it's all I want to talk about and Richard gets kind of frustrated with that (laughs) okay well you bring up some good points because first of all I think let's draw some distinctions we have done a few podcasts on being a beginner yes this is not necessarily we will you are obviously a beginner knitter oh yeah so we'll 
we will discuss some of those things about being a beginner, but this is more about just dealing with that obsessive feeling oh, yes. of the new thing. Okay. Absolutely. Um, also, I think that we should define obsession because I, I was thinking about that. Okay. We use that word a lot and what does it mean? And so I went to the first place you should go when you're trying to figure out what a word means. Urban Dictionary. Oh, bless Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but here was one uh, definition that Urban Dictionary had that I actually found. I think it suits our purpose oh. well. All right. Hit so me with it. it's something that you think about or do all of the time over and over. Yep. Yeah. That totally hits the nail on the head. For now, I feel. there is also an aspect of obsession that leads to something unhealthy or harmful. Anyone who's had a uh, teenage crush will know that. Yes. Well, or <laughs> that seems a little less harmful than like a, an obsessive oh. stalker kind of crush. Okay. Or, yeah. Maybe, maybe or so. even things taking crushes out of it, just um, addiction or being obsessed about something in a way that is unhealthy, whether that's oh, yeah. an idea or a substance or a thing or a person. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about being obsessed, it is definitely in the lighthearted, like teenage one direction. Yeah. Fan. I'm still type eating. Of obsession. I'm still coming to work, but all I want to do is knit. You're not. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so typically then on a scale of zero to 10 mm -hmm. of obsessive behavior, in this lighthearted definition of obsession, where would you fall normally on anything new on anything new? Mm -hmm. Uh, I would, I would say like a seven or eight. Like okay. I get pretty obsessed. What about you? I think I'm the same. And I, ugh, I think that's why it's hard for me to sometimes start new things because I, if I don't feel obsessed about it, it's hard for me to start. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because you don't feel like you have that energy to push uh -huh. through. Um, which I, Put a pin in that. We will come back to that later when okay. we talk about some more practical things when it comes to creative obsession. Yeah. So you said you have a, a history of obsessive yes. cycles. So when I was younger, I learned how to, I learned how to like make little animals, origami animals. And that's all I did. Miniature versions, large versions, uh, versions where I painted or colored them. Um, and I made little paper houses for them, and they were everywhere. And it was all I did. And I'm sure my parents were like, where's all the paper in the house mm. going? It's because I was taking it. I had a parent tell me, this was before you were here. Um, her daughter came and took sewing, a couple sessions of sewing. And she sent me a message <laughs> that her daughter was going around and finding any fabric that she could and sewing with it. So, ah. like pillowcases, <gasps> sheets. Oh, yeah, no. like things that they were using. Oh no. She was going around and sewing <gasps> with stuff. Oh, <laughs> I know. Isn't that hysterical? Oh, that's the best. Oh. <laughs> I am the same and not just in the sense of of creative things. I tend to we've talked about this before. I'm I'm very all or nothing. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that lends itself then to a personality that gets easily obsessed with things. Yeah. I think we, my husband and I talk about this a lot because we both consider ourselves to have addictive personalities. Um, it just expresses itself in different ways. Mm -hmm. um, because we have this like high level of endurance for things that we're really obsessed with. Um, obviously I sew quite a bit. I can go for hours and hours and hours of sewing and it not even bother me. Um, Whereas, like, it takes me forever to do 20 minutes of dishes. <laughs> right. This is where it would be helpful to have Brene Brown in the room with us to explain why this is clinically speaking. Yes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I know what you're saying. I can do some, I can do, I can get hyper-focused on a task. It doesn't even have to be something creative. Mm -hmm. And do it forever and not realize that I need to stop or take a break. And then sometimes I can't make it through a 45 minute TV show. Exactly. I think that the way we're able to consume things now is not helpful to this. Like the fact that you can get on Netflix and watch 28 seasons of Grey's Anatomy <laughs> exactly. without any breaks doesn't 
help force the rhythm of things. Yeah, to give things a pace. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree that that does make it difficult, especially when you like watching those things while you're in a creative process. Mm-hmm. It just continues to fuel it. Um, yeah, so I want to do everything except I want to do everything obsessively. And there's just not time for that. Yeah, I really struggle when I'm like, I have something new. And then I'm like, I have to actually continue my real life mm-hmm. instead of just focusing on this all the time. But sometimes it, it's every part of my life that I want to be that way. Like I love work. I'm very easily a workaholic. Mm-hmm. But then I also, if I want to start a new DIY project, I get so obsessed with that. That becomes my work. Mm-hmm. And, or if I have a new book to read, all I want to do is sit and read the book. And so I have a really hard time <laughs> being like, you know what? Today, we're going to do all of these things. I think that's why I like my word of the year, which is nourish. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about a nourishing meal, it has multiple things on one plate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they say, eat the rainbow. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to eat a little bit of everything. It's not just one giant mound of mac and cheese. Right. <laughs> it's, it's not just obsessively eating only one thing. Yeah. And I think I have a lot to, I could benefit greatly from being able to find more, I don't want to use the word balance, but more variety in the activities that I participate in every day. Yeah. Oh, there's absolutely a benefit to that. Um, because at the end of that day, I don't know how you feel, but personally, I'm like, oh, I've done a lot of good things and I feel very content. Whereas at the end of an obsessive binge, I tend to feel like, feel guilty for the things that I've haven't done. And I also feel sad because I also had to stop my obsession. Yes. And so I don't feel good anyway. It's just like a lose-lose situation. You're right. I hadn't thought of it that way, but you're right. Like on the weekend, if I think I had a really good Saturday, it's always because I did multiple things. Yes. Let's put a pin in that as well and come back to it. Um, But one of the things I wanted to say about being kind of having this obsessive personality or what I would think is that I don't know if it's actually me being obsessive or if it's just that it's really difficult for me to change gears. Oh, yeah. So kind of of, what is it like one of Newton's laws of physics that an object in motion stays in Mm -hmm. motion and it's hard to change directions. Mm -hmm. So it's easiest for me to talk about this when I think about sleep because waking up in the morning is the hardest thing I do every day. Really? Yes. Going to bed at night is the second hardest thing I do. Even though when I wake up, all I want to do is go back to sleep. Oh, yeah. But then at night... It's hard for me to stop what I'm doing and go to bed, even though 12 hours ago, 18 hours ago, whatever. That's what I wanted more than anything. I think it's just hard for me to shift gears. I feel that too. Um, But for me, it's less about sleep and it's more about um, like just tasks in general. If I'm busy doing something and Richard comes in and says, hey, we need to walk the dog. Like there are times where I've almost like bitten his head off where I'm like, can't you see I'm doing this? Mm -hmm. And I have to stop and think. He has done nothing wrong. Right. We just need to change gears. And I didn't want to. It's even harder, I would think, with multiple people. Oh, yeah. Because then if you say, hey, just let me finish doing this. And then he starts to do something. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, I thought we were going to walk the dog. Oh, it's a vicious cycle. Yeah, I just have to deal with that with myself. Okay. I came up with um, the cycles that I go through in a new obsession. (gasps) Ooh, do tell. So... This job lends itself well to someone who is easily obsessed with new <laughs> things because that's what we do here. Yes. We just provide new things for you to be obsessed with. But a lot of times it's because we were obsessed with it mm-hmm. first. Um, and there was kind of a, a running joke with some friends. Like I would get really obsessed with watercolor. And then I got really obsessed with knitting. So they're like, oh, is knitting the new watercolor? And then I get <laughs> really obsessed with, you know, whatever the next thing is. Yeah. Creating a budget. Oh, mm-hmm. is making a budget the new knitting, which was the new watercolor? It just is like an endless cycle. So the first thing, the first step in the cycle is interest in whatever it is. Oh, yeah. So needle punching is one that's on my interest list. Needle punching. What's that? Okay, it's like embroidery. You probably have seen the videos. It's like embroidering with a pen. Oh. And you 
you punch this pen into, when I say pen, I just mean something you're holding in your hand that looks like you would write with it, but okay. it has thread coming through it. Oh. And you punch it into the fabric mm-hmm. and pull it through and it creates loops. Oh, kind of like a rug texture? Yes. Okay. It kind of looks like latch hook rug, <gasps> yeah. but the opposite side. Oh, with But the, the thread is all connected. Mm-hmm. So needle punching has been on my list for a while. Uh, polymer clay has been on my list for a long time. Oh, yeah. This year I said I want to learn to paint. Really all that is is getting added to my list. <laughs> so I kind of have this running list of interest. Mm-hmm. Then I move from there to the second step in the cycle, which is the YouTube slash Pinterest vortex. Oh, and you've told me about this where you'll come into the office the next day and be like, I stayed up till 11 o'clock watching like 12 different videos on how to and then insert whatever yes. obsession. And it's not always creative things. No, you've talked about like budgeting or skincare. Yeah. DIY projects, like how to build a deck, mm-hmm. how to paint a countertop, how to install a certain type of floor. Yeah. It can be, I can run down any of those rabbit holes. That's the second part. And then the third thing in the cycle is to try the thing. Mm. sometimes this is where there's like a holding pattern or things get stuck. Mm-hmm. Like they may be at that first or second part of the cycle forever and I might not actually start them. Yeah. So knitting was that way for you. Yes. I. The thing is though is that I don't get stuck in the YouTube vortex until later um, because I'm like, I want to do it now. I don't want to spend all that time watching videos. I just so want to do, do it. So start? I usually have to find like one quick and easy way to get started and then it piques enough interest that okay. I will go down so, that vortex. So you'll start with a little bit of knowledge. Yes. Like I have an interest and then if I don't find an easy how-to guide, it will just get stuck there. Mm-hmm. And then eventually when I find an easy start guide, whether that be a person or whatever, once I get started, then I'll go and like research the crap out of it you know okay you say that so now I'm reflecting on if that is true for me as well I think it depends on the project Mm -hmm. so if we're talking about something like okay I want to learn how to knit I have these two needles I have this yarn Mm -hmm. what do I do to get started I'm with you on that yeah if it has to do with something where you need to kind of plan out your process as you go Mm -hmm. or I'm kind of trying to gather a lot of information to see which path I want to start from. Mm-hmm. That's when I go down the vortex. It could be gotcha. cyclical though. I mean, it, it could kind of go anywhere in the chain, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then I try the thing. Mm-hmm. That's my third step in the cycle. Yep. And then this is where the obsessive behavior kicks in. Sometimes I try the thing and I'm like, that was fun. I won't do that again. Mm-hmm. More often I try the thing and I think, that is the best and most fun thing (laughs) I've ever done. And that's when step four in the cycle comes where I start to avoid all other responsibilities and forget how to function as a human. Yep. So those are the days when I, before Madison would have said, I think I'll work from home today. Mm -hmm. Now it helps that I have Madison here (laughs) and I have to show up. Yeah. (laughs) If I ever text you on a Thursday and say, I can't come to work, I have to clean my house. You know, I'm not really (laughs) cleaning my house. Um, And I can get stuck there that this stage can be short lived, Mm -hmm. like a quick burn or it couldn't last a while. Oh, yeah. Like this stage reminds me of last summer. I went through a hat making phase because I... Love vintage hats, but they're hard to get a hold of. Well, relatively speaking. Mm. And I was like, oh, I can just make myself some pillbox hats. And I made one and I was like, this is the best thing ever. It combines sewing with like less time. And so I almost made it a goal that like every Sunday I would have a new hat. <laughs> and so when I would go to church, people would be like, oh, it's a new hat. I don't see. Um And I just kept doing that for a while. But now I'm kind of burnt out on that. And I'm back to doing other things Mm -hmm. like knitting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Although I'm about to get into the hat knitting phase. So uh, there might be a new hat every week. Who knows? (laughs) And they're only, I mean, now's the time to be making the knitted hats. Yeah. But I told um, Joe and I bought some lovely coating, like probably 
a year ago. Fabric. Yes, fat fabric. Um, I was going to make a winter coat. Mm-hmm. That has not happened because I'm too busy knitting. I still have my coating as well. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. We bought it when it was like super slow. Oh, it was great. So I avoid all other responsibilities, mm-hmm. both work, people. Like I'll oh, just yeah. put my phone on silent and I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want, I mean, it gets pretty bad. That hits on something you something you said the other day. We were talking and you talked about how in the creative process, you can find connection with yourself. Mm. And so sometimes you don't, everyone needs people. However, if you've been stuck in a creative process like Joe and I have, there have been moments where it's like, I don't need to see people for two or three days or a week because I'm busy in the creative process and I feel fulfillment that way. Yes. And so when I get obsessed, I get almost like fed that way. It's not a good fed, but like. Right. It satisfies something in me. It get, It's like, it, I think, okay, <laughs> let me start over. I think I mentioned that when I was telling you about the book I was reading, mm-hmm. The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. Mm-hmm. It is bonkers and will blow your mind without <laughs> going into that book. Yeah. The gist of it is. She has immortality, but no one can remember her. Mm -hmm. She cannot leave her mark on the world. She can't write her name. She can't draw a line in the sand. Anything that she does is wiped away. Mm -hmm. And so there's the part of her that can't make human connection, but she also can't even leave any part of herself behind. And so there's a section in the book where she's able to do that for the first time. Mm -hmm. And that is when I broke down in the book. And that's what I was telling Madison. I was like, she was able to like create after 300 years of not being able to do anything. And that's when it hit me that I very easily could go days and have, have gone days and could go weeks Mm -hmm. without any human connection. But if I also couldn't be sewing during that time or doing something that was letting me kind of exist within myself, Mm -hmm. that to me feels worse than not being able to talk to people, which also sounds very dramatic. My book club met last night and we talked about it and I read a passage from the book and I was like crying and no one else, everyone else in the (laughs) book club was like, I don't even remember that part. Oh no. (laughs) But I think it's just because that's, that's also what we do here. And to me, it showed the impact that creativity has on us. And I think it's because creativity is the most fundamental way that we have God's image in us. Mm-hmm. And I've talked about that before and I won't go into it too much now because I won't stop yeah. talking about it. <laughs> so when I'm creative, I think it gives me a place to connect with the divine in a way that feels most natural to me. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean I'm painting this painting and all these feelings are coming out. It's oh, no. not even. It's not even that therapeutic or mm-hmm. that um uh ethereal of, of yes. some sort it's it's not like a big dramatic moment it's because i feel that way too it's just a process in which you feel most in your element while simultaneously having like community with yourself and the divine yes And whatever thing it is that you're working on. Mm -hmm. And I can have appreciation for that thing that I'm doing. I can watch it grow and become something Mm -hmm. else that exists outside of me. I just think it's real. Man, this makes obsession not sound so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We promise we, this is why we get so obsessed is because these are all of these feelings that we get from it and these emotions. However, we need to get fed in different places. Because, and this is why, this is where the unhealthy part of it would come in. Mm-hmm. It's still only myself and only my own um, feelings or thoughts being put back to me. Even yes. as I said, it makes me feel like a way that I can connect with God, and with the divine. It puts me in some cases into a silo or an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. And that is unhealthy. Yeah. And so, then it makes me forget just like when we were in quarantine and then as stuff started to loosen up and people could be around people again and we all forgot how. 
yes. to be around people. Mm-hmm. If I'm not around people, if I'm allowed to crawl into my obsessive hole for a week, I don't want to get out of it. It's yes. really hard to pull me out of it. Even though that's probably what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in like a, like I'll be working on a project for a week and then someone's like, Hey, you want to come hang out? And I'm like, uh, mm. no, I want to do this. And I'm like, oh, I probably should. And then I go out and I enjoy it. And I come back home and I realize that that's what I needed at the time. Right. Hence your word nourish. Yes. Yes. Because we need lots of things. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I avoid all other responsibilities. Sometimes that lasts an evening till the project is done. Mm-hmm. Sometimes longer. It just depends. Mm-hmm. Then the fifth step in my cycle of a new obsession is that I get bored. Oh, yeah. And then the sixth step is I find the next thing. <laughs> and it starts all over again. And sometimes I get bored just with that project and I'm ready to start the next project within the same genre. Yeah. Within the same discipline. Sometimes I get bored with that type of creativity and Mm -hmm. I'm ready to try the new type of creativity. I've always wondered when I see the things that people put out on the internet or just out into the world, you know, people who are known as quilters Uh or painters, if they have other creative obsessions because I feel kind of strange in the fact that I like so many different creative hobbies and I don't feel like I can ever like master one or like I feel like a jack of all trades and I'm like why aren't I like person x who you know has been who only has been crocheting their entire life and they make all of these cool things but maybe people aren't like that I don't know well i I think that goes back to what I said earlier about how I want to do everything obsessively Mm -hmm. because I have that obsessive personality and I want to try new things. I want both of those things at the same time, but you can't necessarily have those things. Mm -hmm. And so, but that brings up an interesting point that I was, I wanted to ask you this because I think that my, if you, the thing I return to, the most frequently is quilting, mm-hmm. not even just sewing, but specifically quilting still for between 2018 and 2020, I did not make a single quilt that was not a project for make do. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't quilting personally, mm-hmm. but it would still be the thing now, you know, at the end of last year when I was kind of hitting a wall, quilting was the thing that I went back to to find a little bit of peace and respite instead of trying something new. And so there was a time when I was obsessed with quilting, but now I think my, it's no longer an obsession and it just is a, a creative space that feels like home and familiar to me. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Was there a question? Yeah. Okay. So my, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you didn't hear it. I'm sorry. <laughs> so my question is, what would be that thing for you? I think my answer would be like dress sewing mm-hmm. just because it's so simple and it's what I always come back to. I pu- I try to push myself in sewing and like make pants or like I'm working on a suit that I've been working on for going on four years that I need to get done. But it's tailoring is so difficult for me. Um, however, I can find peace in just making a simple skirt mm-hmm. in the afternoon. Um, so perhaps that is now less of my obsession and more of my safe place. Like, and I think it serves a different purpose, mm-hmm. right? Like it, it's <clears throat> not necessarily that it's exciting like knitting is for oh, you. Yeah. It's more of, it's a comfortable place. Yeah. It's just a place of comfort for me. Um, there was one Saturday where I had some quilting cotton that I wanted to turn into a pleated skirt. I didn't have a pattern. I just like turned on um, like a stream or something just to have running in the background. And I was making this skirt on a Saturday. And I have been trying to chase that feeling of peace and relaxation for months. That Saturday was beautiful. Um, So maybe that is one of my obsessions that I'm obsessed with trying to find that feeling of peace again. But knitting's not going to give me that. No, because you're still having to learn it. It's not, you can't just sink into it yet. Yeah. I'm having to be very cognizant of what's going on. Well, and then that 
that shows that there are multiple reasons why we gravitate to a certain thing at a certain time, depending mm-hmm. on what we're chasing. And I think I tend to always be wanting to do something new. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. We got really, we got deeper than I thought we would. Yeah. <laughs> Madison. <laughs> That's what we do. I know. We find fullness through creativity. Yeah. Deepness through creativity. Yes. So if we're trying to find fullness, obsession on its own it's, will not get no, us there. No. As we've said, it only takes us further away from that probably. So should we talk about... Yeah. Our tips for being obsessed and still being a functioning human. Yes. Okay. What's your first one? Um, or how many do you have? I have four. <gasps> Me too. What? Oh my word. We okay. probably have some that mash, match up. We'll see. You go first. Okay. Um, give yourself a set amount of time to enjoy, plan, and do whatever you're obsessed with, then move on. And I wrote in parentheses, trust me, you will enjoy it more. <laughs> um, because if I'm obsessed and I spend four hours on something, there's a chance that I'll get into that boredom and then I'll never pick it up again. Yeah. But if I spend an hour on it and I'm like, oh, I want more. And then I set it aside and then I come back to it and do it for another hour. And then I'm like, oh, I want more. Then I have a greater chance of maybe turning it into something I can sink into. Right. It's like dating. Yeah. You don't want to spend too long with someone at first. No. Then you might Burned realize. Out. Yeah. Uh, okay. I do have one, something that's similar. Mm-hmm. I said set an ending time. Like when you start, decide. And maybe it's not a time. Maybe it's uh, a lot of times what it is for me is, okay, I'm going to work until... I get to this stage and then I'm going to stop. Yep. Um, For me, that works better than like setting like, oh, one hour because then I get there and And then then the hour might be up and you're not in a stopping spot. Exactly. Or I want to be like, I don't want to stop after an hour and then I I, uh, sabotage myself. Yes. I tend to do better if it is, unless I have something coming up and on my schedule and have to stop, I do better if I'm like, okay, I just want to get this part done. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I like what how you elaborated on that though about trust me. Yeah, it, <laughs> you will like it better. Yes, yeah. and everyone else in your household will probably like it better as well. Absolutely. Okay, what's your second one? Um. Okay, use the energy to get through the boring stages. So what I mean by that is use, use the energy. Yes. Okay. So what I mean by that is, um, I have all this energy that I want to knit. I need to use that passion to learn how to cast on, cast off, and do all of the boring, learn all of the boring things. Make a ton of washcloths. Uh-huh. Because if I don't and I hop onto something like, I want to make a sweater, right? then that's when I will make all my mistakes. And then I'll get sad and frustrated. And burn out with like just a bottom part of a sweater. Done. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I s- yeah. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. If that... Makes sense. Because otherwise, because I mean, eventually you will get bored with those parts yes. of the creativity. Mm-hmm. But if you can use your passion in order to get through it, um, there's a greater chance that you will continue to work on that project or whatever your obsession is. Yes. I like that. That might help me as I decide, as I try to get the energy to learn how to paint. Oh, yeah. Because I had the energy over Christmas break. Because I was working on a present that was a painting. Uh, it was a paint? <laughs> it was a painting. <laughs> a painting. And then I was thought, oh my gosh, I want this to be my obsession for 2021. Mm-hmm. But right now, because I'm at the beginning and I know I can't muster the energy for it. So I'm just waiting for it to mm-hmm. happen again. But then I think when it does, I need to get small canvases. Don't get yes. a big canvas. Get small canvases. Wait, is this one of your one of your rules? Or when it no. might be, that's actually one, that's one of my tips too, oh. is I wrote down, um, make small projects. So like, because. Okay. So I took us into your next one then. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm with you. Naturally. So, yeah. I fed right in. Sometimes you think we have this all planned out in our podcast. No. We don't. Um, so like right now I, I'm working on a baby hat. Because it'll get me to the end quicker. And I've already had to warn my husband. This does not mean we are having children. This is, <laughs> <laughs> this is just an easy way for me to complete a project. To get that high of, I've achieved it. So I can move on and do bigger things. Okay. 
I'll tell you something you can use to knit. You can practice knitting on. Have you heard of knitted knockers? What? They are. So we have um, someone who supports Make Do in town who is a knitter. And um, she is the one who introduced me to knitted knockers. But there's a knitting pattern and a crochet pattern Mm -hmm. for boobs basically for women who have had a mastectomy and so you knit them there's like a cup b cup c cup and so you knit it and then they stuff it and you can take some of the stuffing out put some Mm -hmm. in or whatever and then it like goes in your bra that is so cool and you you obviously like you send them somewhere and yeah so i'll put a link in the show notes hey maybe we'll have show notes again um for to knitted knockers um yeah, because that would be a good way to practice, and then it's not baby hats. Yes. If you, I mean, make baby hats if oh, that's yeah. what you want, but if Richard's getting the wrong idea, then you can just start. <laughs> then I can start knitting boobs. tatas yeah. around the house. He'll yeah. like it better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's a hack for your chest. Okay. Um, yeah, so tell me. So my, one of yeah. my steps, I don't remember. I think I've only said one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my second step is to uh, take a break for something else. You mentioned this earlier when you said, you know, someone may say, hey, let's go do something and you don't Mm -hmm. want to. And then you do and you realize, hey, that was just what you needed. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's that. It's leaving the house. It's putting on pants. It's (laughs) actually like getting in a different environment. But a lot of times for me, it's just, you know what? I've been sitting here all day. Maybe I will go jump on my bike for a quick 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Maybe I will go walk up to make do and grab something and walk home. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just forcing myself to do something different. And typically that something different needs to be some form of physical activity. Uh, Getting up and just Mm -hmm. out of your, out -hmm. of what you're used to being. Yeah. Cause then that's what at the end of the day, like you were saying Saturdays or what days mm-hmm. where you've done a lot of different things, you feel good about yourself. So if I can, even if I have gone down a quilting rabbit hole for 16 hours, but I also worked out for 20 minutes and I also spent 10 minutes in putting the dirty dishes from the sink into the dishwasher, mm-hmm. then I'm like, oh my gosh, I did so much today. Exactly. Even though I didn't. Oh, well. But yes, I find that helpful. So what's another one of your, or how many do you have left? Two. Two. Okay. Yeah. What's another one of yours? Another one of mine is to um, like schedule your next appointment. What? With the creative thing. Oh, okay. So when it's time to stop, because I think a lot of times I don't want to stop because I just love it so much. Mm -hmm. But if I can say, I can stop this because I can do it again in eight hours. I can do it again tomorrow I get to come back to it that is helpful so similarly it helps me get out of bed in the morning when I say I can you know what I have time to take a nap today if I want Mm. so I can get up now because I get to go back to sleep at some point in the future this is actually something I try to do with friends when we're having such a good time together and I'm actively trying to um, make sure that I'm cultivating a social life instead of being obsessed with whatever I'm doing um at the end of whatever we're doing I'm like okay when is the next time you're free and we plan it before we leave so that way we don't get caught up in are you free this day or oh is this Mm -hmm. gonna work out and we go for months without seeing each Mm -hmm. other that's just good practice for anything that you want to do more of Mm -hmm. in your life so I like that tip a lot and so then I think it helps me move it from something that maybe I'm obsessed with and is going to burn out into something that feels more sustainable. I like that. Okay. What's your last one? My last one is to watch your spending. Um, This is from personal experience recently on Monday. We went and got a carpet shampooer Mm -hmm. because we're real adults now. Um, I only know that because Madison had a a lengthy conversation with Paul, our postman, about her carpet shampoo. Yes. I was so excited about it. Very excited. Clean carpets. Um, while we were there, I went to the yarn section because now I knit. So I need to get more yarn. Um, I And yarn is expensive. Yarn is expensive. Um, and it wasn't even super expensive yarn. Um, I want people to watch their spending because you may spend money on something 
even if it's cheap, you may not use it. Yes. Yes. Which is the same thing as buying something that's way too expensive. Yes. So I wanted to buy 10 skeins of this yarn. I only bought four. Probably should have only bought two, but I needed to have it. I, I really, really wanted it. But it might be a while until I want to use that yarn on something. And I have other kind of weird yarns at home that I could have used up beforehand. So when you get obsessed, try to check yourself by either setting aside, okay, this is how much I want to spend on this thing this month, or saying, okay, here's the projects I can actually do right now. I'm going to spend money on materials for that instead of spending aspirational Yes, Mon- like, like I like this and so I'm going to buy it. I don't know what I'm going to use it for. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. That is really helpful for things like sewing that requires, mm-hmm. like, you know, I just need a, f- a fabric to accomplish a certain thing mm-hmm. versus a project like painting where you may use different colors. I don't know. It feels a little bit different Mm -hmm. I got that way with quilting because you need a lot of different fabrics for quilting and the scrappier it's going to be the more fabrics you need Mm -hmm. and so yeah it's expensive absolutely um I would say like with painting it would be maybe buying expensive paint that is maybe strange or different than may so like let's say you're doing watercolor and you're focusing on that but you get enticed by some acrylic paint maybe hold off on the acrylic paint mm-hmm. until you actually want to get into that mm-hmm. yeah and if you can't i would say another way to manage that would be not only in your spending but with your space oh yes so if you say this is the space that i have to collect to put my yarn Mm -hmm. and once that space is full that means you are not using the yarn that you have already bought Mm -hmm. so you have to use yarn to make space to get new yarn to put into that allocated space i'm feeling personally attacked because i have fabric (laughs) all over the floor i don't even have space to put the fabric that i've bought and but like okay but here would be the difference Mm mm-hmm sewing and fabric is not a new obsession for you either. True. Yes. So I think we're talking specifically about when you're about being new at something, right? And Mm -hmm. that excitement that comes with being new that leads us to make stupid decisions (laughs) when (laughs) we're at Walmart. We don't know it's are stupid. Mm -hmm. When you purchase fabric, you know, yeah, I pretty much know I'm going to use it for this. Yeah. Or you, there's more, um, I mean, it might still be an emotional purchase or, oh, I really just like this fabric, but I think that you have a broader picture for what that fabric can be, mm-hmm. the downfalls that that fabric could have, and that sort of thing. There, you're, it's still more educated. Yes, versus I really like this yarn and knowing absolutely nothing about how good it's going to be for the project. I've been down that road before. Yeah. And... You have shown over time that you keep returning to sewing, Mm -hmm. right? And so even though, like what you said last week, one of your goals this year is to work through your stash Mm -hmm. and not buy new stuff. Mm -hmm. But now you have a stash to be able to do that with. Exactly. So, um, all right. My final tip for when you are obsessed is to just try to get some sleep. What? I have to sleep? I just want to knit. I know. I, that is, I mean, how many times can I say it? Sleep is hard for me. (laughs) And so a lot of times at night is also when I feel my most creative. Mm -hmm. And so then I think, okay, I'm going to stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. And then it's 12 o'clock and then I'm already in the witching hour, (laughs) which means I'm not going to sleep until two. So Mm -hmm. then I get in bed and then I think, oh my gosh, what if my next project is this and then I open Pinterest and then I'm scrolling and then mm-hmm. it's the blue light and then it makes it yep. worse. And so just take the melatonin, put your phone somewhere else, mm-hmm. prioritize sleep because it will, it helps balance the obsession. I say that, but I don't always do it. So take that for what it's worth. It's hard <laughs> to take our own advice. It is. But it, you know what? This is maybe why I like the podcast. 
besides just getting to hear the sound of my own voice. Mm-hmm. Okay, no. Besides having a microphone. It's not necessarily <laughs> that I like hearing the sound of my own voice. It's that you get to talk on a microphone. Yeah. Um, is that I feel like we can sound really smart for 45 minutes or mm-hmm. however long this yeah. has been. But day to day... So, sometimes yeah. people will send me a message to make do's Instagram or something mm-hmm. that they're listening to a podcast and they tell me something that they connected with. And then I think, who said that? No. That's really good. And then I'm like, wait a minute, that's our podcast. One of us said that. Wait, what? Mm-hmm. So it is a little bit surreal to, to be putting things out. Like our, we're just processing our thoughts. Oh, yeah. And then to put it out there and then for it to connect with people. I don't know. It's kind of cool. But then also it makes me. A little self-conscious, I guess. Oh, yeah. About the things we say. <laughs> they, I definitely feel like I'm held accountable because of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Or because when I listen to other podcasts that I really like, I just see them as experts of whatever it is they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And then when we're talking, a lot of times I feel like we're not experts. No. We just have experience with these things. But I get there's something magic that happens with the headphones and the microphone and the podcast app. That suddenly makes you an expert. Yep. Well, how is it going with your word of the year? Peace. Um, I haven't found too terribly much of it. It's it been a rough week. <laughs> I, the way that I'm expressing peace right now, the only way that I'm able to do it is watching my breathing at certain points of the day. So I just take a hot second and I breathe in and out for about a minute and then I move on. I can't do anything more than that right now, but that's okay. I'm still practicing a little bit of peace. Yes. I think that sounds very reasonable. <laughs> what about you? How's how's Nourish going? Um, Last night I was thinking, because I'm trying to get the Word of the Year video edited, I had a real... It was a dumpster fire this week. I had a really hard time just getting it going. It's just issues all you don't want to hear about my issues. Anyway, <laughs> it took longer than I thought. Mm-hmm. I I'm already behind on stuff. And I, so last night I was thinking, I was up here late and I was thinking, how is it only the thirteenth day of the year mm-hmm. and I already feel behind? Yeah. Like, isn't January supposed to be a time of refreshing and renewing mm-hmm. and starting over. And so I was outside. I This was what my Make Do's Instagram post was about last night, but Madison had redone our window display and hung up, took Christmas down mm-hmm. and hung up all the word of the year things in the window. So I went out and I was taking pictures of that. And I thought, you know what? There's no, we don't get a fresh start. Like if you think of, um, if you think of an athlete before a big race mm-hmm. and they say, you know, they're fresh, mm-hmm. they've like tapered off their work, their muscle, their body is fully recovered and they're ready for their race. That is not sustainable. And that's not how we live like our lives day to day. And so any sort of out with the old and in with the new requires work. So specifically, as I'm looking at that window display, I'm thinking, oh, look at this new window display. But it took you what two days mm-hmm. because you had to take off all the Christmas stuff. Yep, pack it up. We had to. We made all of the samples mm-hmm. to go in the window, um, and then hanging it. Like it, it was a lot of work. And it, it was. There wasn't a here's where one ended and here's where one began. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I just looking at that. I now I'm talking in circles and I don't really know what I'm trying to say. The whole point was, um that I think I kept I keep wanting to know okay here's where the new start was Mm -hmm. and so it's easy to put that on January 1st but that's unrealistic because there's nothing special about that day no and you bring you bring everything with you Mm -hmm. from the previous year I think people really want 2021 to be something different. But the reality is, is that we bring our baggage with us. The only thing that you can change is how you're going to react to this year. So instead of thinking about, oh, well, all of that old stuff is going to be gone. No, no, no. 
the old way you used to deal with things can be gone and you can change yourself in order to find new ways of and dealing with it. And that can happen at any time. Like oh, there's yeah. nothing magical about January 1st. It was, you know, it was a tomorrow and then it became a today and now it's a yesterday. Mm-hmm. Just like every other day. So anyway, I feel like I'm still grappling with what I really want my word nourish to mean. Mm-hmm. I will say I have not bought any Frosted Flakes. <gasps> At a girl. Um, even though I don't want nourish to only be about restriction. Mm-hmm. But I have been um, feeding myself like food that I have been making from my freezer. But I've been making it. And it makes the studio smell so good. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it very hungry. And I have, I read my book club book for yeah. the January. Um, so I also watched a lot of TV and I also didn't work out as much as I wanted to, but you know, I'm feeling like there were a lot of things, a lot of different things on the plate of my life. So I got some nourishing nutrients from, (laughs) (laughs) from all of that. Sounds like we're off to a good start. Sounds like a good plate. Yeah. Any last minute thoughts? Um, yeah, I always want to be profound at the end, but we aren't always. We, no, we're we're not always. We're just really, we're just normal. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just really thinking about knitting right now. I'm not even here. I'm knitting in my mind. I almost sorry, asked guys. You, I almost asked you if you needed to bring your knitting to do it while we were doing our podcast. Then all you would hear is like click click click. Yeah, <laughs> we'd be able to hear it. I had thought when we were doing all those embroidery samples. Mm-hmm. So I guess it was the beginning of the week last week. Madison and I took half a day and just embroidered and sat on the couch. It in was the glorious. Watched Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I thought we could record the podcast while we we're embroidering, but you'd be able to hear it. You'd hear yeah. the. <laughs> it's not that loud. It's like a. It's a gentle popping sound as the needle goes through the fabric. Yeah. All right. <sighs> well, here's to your knitting obsession. Yeah. And I hope that all of you uh, are continuing to uh, enjoy the new year in whatever way that you plan to. Um, and if you're not enjoying it, I hope that you can at least find some solace in listening to the podcast for a little bit or just yeah, thanks doing for, what you need to do for letting us be a little obsession for you maybe <gasps> yes if we're your obsession please let us know I know we have enough episodes now that people can binge us for like 24 hours oh a day of make do <laughs> I love it alright bye bye Thank you to my dear, dear friend Craig Hudson for our very createful theme music. You can hear more of Craig's music on Spotify under Craig Hudson. That's Hudson with a T. Or you can just uh, click on the link in the show notes. Also, be sure to connect with Make Do on Instagram at Make Do Create or on Facebook at Make Do Circe. And visit our website, makedocreate.org, for upcoming classes, show notes, to order a face mask, lots of things. We'll be back here with another episode next Monday. Have a good week, y'all.